We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Okay, all right. We're going to pause that song there. Take your seats for a second. Now, as, as Nick said earlier, the encouragers are away, okay? That's like most of the leaders of the church are away. So we get to play. Yeah, we get to have a bit of fun because there's no responsible adults here, okay? So we, we can kick, kick it back a little bit, have a little bit more fun. I love, I love that line in the song. Just one touch of the king changes everything. And I want some of the youth that were away last weekend that have some stories to come stand with me at the front now because I want to hear how one touch of the king has changed everything for these young people. And then we're going to use this to go back into the song again. But you come, don't be shy. It's just me. It's just me. And an awful lot of people looking at you, but it's just me. Come along here so we stay so everyone can see us. Okay. So, God is doing something at the moment in this, in this church. He's given us a sight of him. Let's hear some of the stories. Yeva, what do you feel that God did for you over the weekend? Um, I don't usually talk to such a large audience, but I wanted to talk about my testimony that I received on the weekend away with youth. When I was praying, I felt a large connection with God and I uncovered so much of myself. I also learned to control myself over what I do and say. I just want to say thank you, God, because the amount of things he can do to help us with the present and the past things is just amazing. There is so much to come and God is preparing us every second of our life. Fantastic. Um, and one of, one of the things, Yeva, that I heard was that you just had this confidence that God loves you for who you are. You don't have to change. How, was, how has that affected the way that you are? When, when you, sometimes you might be worried about people's opinions. What are you thinking now? Um, it's just I can now be myself because when I overthink, God just tells you to be, myself, to be yourself. And when you're yourself, you just get rewarded with your own confidence. Great, one touch from the king changes everything. Okay, I'm gonna come back to you. Okay, what did God do for you? So when we were praying during the weekend away, uh, I just felt peace from God and he just made me smile and it was a really good feeling. So when he, when he said this to the leaders, the leaders, all of the youth are just, wow, God, God of all creation made Jaden smile. That's, whoa, awesome. Sam, what happened for you? So, uh, beginning of year 10, I just had like awful start. had like no motivation whatsoever to do anything. So I just gave up. And then one night, I just went, why not listen to worship? So my mindset sort of switched. And then I started being more positive in my bad situations at school. And then during the weekend away, during worship, uh, at the late night, I just went up in tears, went crying. I just had like an overwhelming sensation of God. And then to this day, I've just been listening to more worship, my earphones in on the way to school, and it's been amazing. Fantastic. One touch from the king. Uh, so uh, during the weekend away, there was a, a bit where we would write down our barriers between the Lord and us and we'd throw them into the fire and after I threw my piece of paper in the fire I just felt an overwhelming sense of peace and love and, and I just started laughing and running around across the field. 
the, the thing that, that you'd said was you just realized God was everywhere. Yeah, I just realized that, um, well, we hear that phrase a lot and some of us, like maybe most of us, might look over that phrase and just think, oh, yeah, God's everywhere. doesn't really matter. But, I, but then you kind of think it's quite mind-blowing just to know that he is everywhere and he's always with you. And, and the report that I got back was the other kids thought that Zachary was drunk. He had just lost his inhibitions. Now, there's something about knowing that God's everywhere, being told that, but then it causing you to act and live differently. That's not just being told something by someone. That's a touch from the king, and it's changing everything. Okay, you step along a little bit. Can I be cheeky and take the mic? Okay. Well, um, you know... That's fine. Uh, so I went into the weekend away just really wanting that closeness of God and just expecting that. Um, we ran the late night worship, which a lot of these testimonies came from, and I kind of just experienced that, that closeness, that appreciation, just knowing God was there, and it was a really special moment. And hearing all these testimonies and my testimony, it was just a moment of, wow, the youth is really moving forward, and this is like a point where we can just appreciate, look back and know that this is where things change in their lives and it was just an amazing weekend. Uh, and there would be a point in your life where to, have, to, to be bothered about what's going on for a bunch of young people wouldn't have bothered you, but it does yeah. because one touch of the king has changed everything. Okay, Sam. <laughs> Sa Sam has almost lost his voice. So if he can't finish, I'm going to make up what he would have said, okay? So, Sam, you were in, in worship, you were getting to your moment. Yeah. Tell me about your moment. So normally when I meet with God, I like cry a lot and look like a wimp, basically. Um, and then as I was getting there, like one of the kids just like tapped me on the shoulder to tell me that he was leaving. And then I got like really annoyed at him because he like ruined my moment. And I was like... Dude, that, that's not cool. And then I kind of realized that that kind of misses the whole point of what God's spirit is. And then uh, later we moved on to the bridge, your spirit lives within me. And that kind of made me realize God's spirit is a lot more than just a nice feeling, like crying or laughing or whatever. It's living within us on a day-to-day -day basis. And I was realizing that having my moment, like the moment can be great and it can actually be God, but when it's not causing us to love people more, just like being annoyed at people for ruining your moment, if you're not loving people more, then it's just a clanging symbol, it's nothing. But when God's spirit lives within us on a day-to-day -day basis and makes us love each other more and love God more, then that's truly what God's spirit is. And it kind of made me realize that a lot of us might need to think about what God's Spirit looks like for us. It's not just an encounter like that, but it's a day-to-day -day thing that like, empowers us. So again, he, he was looking for that emotional high, and then God showed him that's something else. That, that revelation will stay f with Sam forever now. And it's so important because sometimes we have this in our mind, oh, it's got to look like this, but let's let God be God and decide how he wants to interact with us. That one moment could change everything. So we're going to go back into this song. Thank you, everyone. You go grab your seats. Let us now declare one touch from the king changes everything.
Okay, all right, so I get to talk to you all, which is lovely for me. Don't know what your experience would be like, but you've not got a microphone, so ha. Um, so we are still very much on the same topic. We have been for a while now. Um, but I wanted to kind of introduce another stage to it. But can we put my PowerPoint up now? Because I just want to kind of lay out kind of where we're up to in this, in this story. So we've been talking about the idea of getting a sight of God. And then recently I introduced the idea of covenant renewal. And I very slickly and professionally introduced the date of the covenant mill, um, which everyone's remembered because I messed it up twice. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the covenant, the, the covenant renewal, but there's a middle stage that I want to kind of spend the majority of this time doing. But just to, to put it into context, let's just, uh, just remind ourselves, sight of God, what do we mean when we're talking about this sight of God, because since mid-July, God's kept us camped around this message that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks, and he's waiting to come in and be with us. And when we see him, it causes us to desire him, desire to be like him, desires for others to know him, but also it begins to transform us when we see him into what he's like in his image. So what does it, what does it look like in reality? Well, you heard some of the testimonies from the youth just now. That's what I mean by catching a sight of God, seeing something of him and therefore being changed and transformed because of it. That point where we know he's spoken, one of, the, one of the other youth that wasn't able to share today said that she'd just written down a note that said, I feel lonely. And then they'd had some time of the, the, the youth writing prophetic words, what they felt God was saying on each other's backs. And this girl had written on her back, you're never alone, God is always with you. Now you could say, oh that's nice, that's, co that's coincidence or it's a fairly generic statement that would just be true for everyone but she read it and said that was God speaking to me she caught a sight of the nature of God the heart of God and it became real in that moment we talk about one touch from the king changes everything that's what I mean when we're talking about catching a sight of God so you see yourself differently you see him differently you see what he's like you see like Zachary said he's everywhere and it makes you different because of that. You see that he's close to the lonely. You see that he loves you. It changes your very motivation. Owen's going to come share a few pointers that he's got. Um, because Owen's been on a journey recently. And we've, we've got to kind of follow that along with him. Um, but he's got some, some thoughts of what it means to catch a sight of God. Um, so one of the things that God's been showing me about uh, so often you hear teaching in church you hear the things said from the front and you kind of get caught up in these are the things I should be doing um, these are the I, I, I should be serving more I should be uh, doing 
children's work, I should be just kind of seeing everything that we're doing as tasks. None of these are necessarily bad things, but we see them as task focus. Um, just making sure they get done, but missing the heart behind it. And, and even more so, for, for often for me, it was, oh, I messed up that task. It didn't go how I planned. So then you feel guilty because you've been doing good things, but not quite to the standard that you set for yourself. And one of the things that God's been showing me is when we start seeking the ability to do the task, we miss so much about who God is. We don't want to be seeking the task. We want to be seeking him. And when we seek him, it, 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 it changes everything. But the greater intimacy with him, like Jamie was saying, we become more like him. We see the fullness of who he is. And it inevitably leads us to, to, uh, to being more in his likeness, um, which often leads us to doing those tasks that before we were just doing for tasks. But instead of doing it because we should, it's because we want to. Flow out of us because we see the heart of the king, we see who he is. Um, so, the thing that really God put in me was Am I, are, are we missing something? Are we seeking the task? Are we seeking, I guess, the gifts rather than him? Um, let's, be, let's be seeking him together. When Owen was talking to me the other day, he said the difference that he's experienced since he's caught that sight of God was I was doing things because I should do them and then I suddenly found that I wanted to do them. And God can change our very motivation when we catch a sight of him. And it's not about, oh my goodness, I've got to do all these things. You can't do all these things. It's about what he does when you catch a sight of him. It's so important that we, we grasp this message because everything that God wants to build on within this community going into this next phase is based on that sense of seeing him being transformed by what we've seen and not just trying harder. And it's, it's not just a once-in-a-lifetime sighting that we get. It's, it's with us, to dwell with us. So it keeps going on and we keep getting perfected and changed. The, 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 other, the third step in this thing that God's taking us through is that, that renewal of covenant. So I said that I believe that God's taking us to a place of renewing our covenant, first of all to God, to each other and to the vision of the church, which is effectively to demonstrate who God is to the world around us. And part of that is we're going to come together corporately to celebrate the decision that each of us has made individually. We're going to celebrate, wow, where is God going to take us next? We're a dangerous people that have seen God. When you've seen him, when that motivation changed, just like you heard Yeva say, suddenly I'm not held captive by what other people think of me. You're kind of hooked from the matrix you're, you're not bound by the rules that you used to it makes you very different and so coming together for, for that celebration meal is, a, is our way of saying and that, that individual decision to renew our covenant is us saying I'm in, I'm up for this I, I'm, I'm going where he's sending us so what is this middle step so here's a strange word for you. Consecrate. 
Has anyone used that word in the last week when chatting to their friends? Consecrate? No? Let's all say it out loud together. Let's, let's play with the word. Consecrate. Yeah? Okay. Now, points for anyone that finds a way to work it into a sentence they use at work this week. Okay? So, it's a very biblical word. That's the only place I've ever remember seeing it. And... Um, I want to try and unpack a little bit about what the word means because I'm thinking that we're going to bump into the word a little bit over the next little while. So there's, there's, several, there's a number of times in the Bible where God is, is telling his people to do something new or he's led them to a, a point of transition and he pauses and he says, consecrate yourself. And so the verse that has been sitting with us as a leadership team for a while now is uh, Joshua 3, 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you, or wonders among you. I believe God is going to do wondrous things amongst us, going to do amazing things amongst us. And there's a part that we have to play in this that he doesn't, he's not going to force us to do. We have to choose to do it. So, what does it mean to consecrate? Well, it means to make sacred, to dedicate to a specific purpose. It can be used like sanctify, dedicate, set apart, make holy. I didn't find that very helpful when I read all of those other things. I still don't know what it means. So, I got a little illustration. So, can I just borrow... You, Ella, and Gary, and Ken, and uh, Mark, you come stand here for me. So, come stand nice and, nice and close. I'm mainly using you because I don't have a table, so... Right. You hold that for me. Given the tools they're most used to using. <laughs> so we, we, can, we can put the PowerPoint down so you can all see that on camera if you, if you want. So to consecrate is to kind of set apart the things that don't fit together. So if we were playing odd one out, which are you saying is the odd one out in this setting? Gary's the odd one out, okay? And also he's holding something that's different to everyone else, right? <laughs> you can see that that is designed for a very different purpose to what these other things are designed for. So by setting apart and ask Gary to take it over there, we have consecrated, okay? We've set apart something that doesn't fit with everything else. Thank you, you can put your weapons of destruction over there and sit down for me, thank you very much. So, it's about working out, do these, does this fit with everything else that I see? Now, I've got another illustration that Nick's going to come and help me with. So, Nick is kind of quite a fashionable guy. Um, he, he's, he's pretty proud of how he looks and the clothes that he wears. And he's really... He comes, come stand over here for me, Nick. 
Nick loves these clothes, yeah? He's had them since he was 11. And he thinks they suit him very well. But um, as you can begin to see, Nick's no longer 11. Nick's 37? 32. 32. <laughs> and he's, he begins to find they get a little bit restrictive. He can't run the, the 100 meters in the same speed when he's wearing these things. It's <laughs> messing with his bowels, it's terrible. Bladder. Bladder, Bl bladder, bladder. sorry. <laughs> the wrong type of toilet you need. But you see, his bulging physique is being restricted. <laughs> and there, there comes a point where Nick will have to look at himself in the mirror and think, you know what, this doesn't fit anymore. This doesn't suit me. This doesn't fit who I've become. It's no longer relevant to me. And so we can jump back to that PowerPoint. No, no, wait, wait for a second. <laughs> so it, it says in Hebrews, let us throw off everything that hinders and all the sin that so easily entangles and let us with perseverance um, with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let's run with perseverance, the race is marked out for us. So, Nick's going to need to throw these things off, isn't he? He's hindered, he's going to... No, I'm not going to make you do that. <laughs> All right, now you're done now. Thank you, Nick. What might have been okay in the past... You've grown, you've changed, you've moved from one degree of glory to the next. You're being transformed into God's likeness. And so there's a point where you take stock. Does, do these fit any longer with who I am now and who he is? Then we have to make that decision. We've got to throw these things off because they're hindering us. It's time to discard. Now that I've seen him, things are different. Now that I've been with him, I am different. Because just one touch from the king changes everything. So you might find there's attitudes and behaviours that you used to wear, and you realise, you know what, these are becoming restrictive. Consecration means throwing off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So if we're called to run a race, we don't want to be restricted by anything. So consecration is a natural response to catching a sight of God. We're changed because what he has revealed to us. Now here's my third little illustration, a little movie clip from Dumb and Dumber. You may, may have seen this. So at this point in the movie, Lloyd and Harry have travelled across America to return a suitcase to a passenger. It had been left in the airport. So, unfortunately, they knew what city she was in, but she, they didn't actually know the address. So they've just travelled all the way, got there, and don't know where to go next. And so they're cold, they're hungry, and at this point in the movie, they are getting frustrated and living in the freezing cold part. I can't nearby. feel my fingers anymore. I lied. They're, they're, they're numb. 
Ooh. Maybe you should wear these extra gloves. My hands are starting to get sweaty. Extra gloves? You've had this pair of extra gloves this whole time? Yeah, we're in the Rockies. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. What? I'm going to kill you! I'm going to kill you, Lloyd! Calm down! Right now, I'm going to kill you! Harry, you got that crazy look in your eye! <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. What are you doing? I'm going to do something I should have done a long time ago. Ah! Don't do anything foolish, Harry! What? Foolish? This isn't foolish! I'm going to toss this damn curse right into that damn pond! You're gonna do it! No! Just a small loan from the briefcase, and we find ourselves some reasonable lodgings. Good plan. And we'll, we'll keep track of all the money we spend with IOUs. We'll be meticulous. Right down to the last penny. Whatever we borrow, we pay back. Absolutely. We're good for it. But where is our bond? This is the Hotel Danbury Presidential Suite, gentlemen. Normally reserved for royalty, visiting dignitaries, illustrious stars of stage and screen. We have shortly coming the Emperor and Empress of Japan. And of course, Princess Charles and I, when they were together, used to frequent the hotel constantly. Well, take it! So when Harry and Lloyd realized what they had in their suitcase, they started behaving very differently because of it. It was no longer appropriate or fitting that they should be freezing their butts off in the park. They had suddenly realized what, what they had in their possession. There was a process of consecration that they went through. So, consecration is the fitting response to what he has done and continues to do. For instance, because he has cleansed me, because he has taken away my sin, I now desire to honour the cleaner and the cleansing I have received by choosing not to roll in the dirt. And by his grace... I can actually refrain from doing so. It's so important that we, we get this, this bit right. 
I don't earn his cleaning by not rolling in the dirt. It's because he has cleaned me that I don't want to roll in the dirt. I can't earn anything from him. I can't earn his affection or approval. I can't earn it because I've already got it. He's already given it to me freely. And then I'm inspired to express my love towards him. Those two contrasting expressions, which is about two 100-meter runners in the movie that says, I have 10 lonely seconds to justify my existence. When that gun goes off, I've got to run to prove my value. He's running, hoping to earn something. And then the other character is Eric Liddell. And he says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. He said, God has made me fast. And so I run to thank him for what he's done. So he's running because he's already received. Sometimes I can fall into that lie that because God has done so much for me, I now owe him. As if I could actually pay back the debt. We saw a little bit like that in the, um, the parable of the unforgiving servant last time. I'm never going to be able to collect in enough debt to pay him back. I'm always going to be in a situation where to live the way that he wants me to live, I'm going to have to draw on his cash to do that. The reality is that he never intended me to live drawing from my own resources. We can only live by continuing to draw on his resources. And you, you hear that in, in Sam's testimony in the reference to that song. His spirit lives inside me. It's not a once-off. He, he hasn't come and wiped my slate clean and now I've got to really behave. No, that's not the way that God works. It's as he lives inside me, he empowers me to live the way that I now desire to live because I've seen him. Because I've seen what he's like. Because he's touched me, he's revealed his love for me. I don't want to live any other way. So the decision to consecrate myself is Holy Spirit inspired, empowered, and sustained. And my role is to choose to work in partnership with the Spirit instead of resisting him, or the Bible says grieving him. I, I have a role to play. And sometimes the process of consecration can be very subtle. In some cases we might not even realise something has been thrown off. I saw um, a video of a pickpocket that he, he used to be a criminal, but then he turned his life around and he now does a show where he invites people up on stage and he pickpockets things off of them while the, everyone's watching. And so he managed to steal someone's tie, which I just think is amazing. Steal someone's tie and uh, watches and everything like that. And people are like, no, nope, no, nope, not got me, not got me. And he's just missing a tie. <laughs> Didn't realise it. But um, I find sometimes God's like that. I didn't realise I'd stopped living in that attitude until some months down the line. I was, oh, I used to react badly to when something like this happened. 
I, I'm not reacting like that. Or someone close to you says, you're not behaving like you used to. Yeah, it's gone. I've been consecrated without realizing it. Sometimes we've got to drag our flesh kicking and screaming through the whole process. I love um, Mark and Tia's example. When they got saved, they both felt convicted to stop smoking. Tia had to go through the real painful withdrawal symptoms, had to do the nicotine patches and all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, Mark just woke up and didn't desire another cigarette. No withdrawals. Jeremy, what's it? He just did, he didn't want it. One had to drag their flesh through kicking and screaming, and the other one got pickpocketed. Which one received God's grace? Both. Both received God's grace. But he was doing something in both of them that was relevant for them to go their different journeys to get there. I believe God's going to do amazing things with us. And I believe he's even started. And sometimes we hear some of those stories from the young people and what we've heard over the last few months. Aslan is on the move. God is doing something. The witch's curse is being broken. The winter is thawing. People are coming alive like they've never come alive before. God is up to something in this community. But it's not about working harder and changing your behaviour. It's about as we see him, as we enjoy him, we begin to realise we've moved from what we should do to what we want to do. So the purpose of introducing the language of consecrate and the concept of it is because I think in the coming weeks, God's going to highlight some things to you and you realise, you know what? That no longer fits. It's restrictive. I don't want that anymore. I want to get rid of that. So Pete and the, the band's going to come up and uh, lead us in some, some response. But there's two responses I want to offer you today. The first one is, do you feel like you're yet to catch that sight of God? That experience where suddenly everything that you know in your head just suddenly becomes real. Like, like Zachary's story. I knew God was everywhere. But then I knew God was everywhere. Just one touch from the king. Is that what you're looking for to change everything? So that could be a response that you, you, you come for. The next one is... Is there something in your life, an attitude, a thought pattern, or a behavior, you realize this doesn't fit any longer? It's like wearing an 11-year-old's clothes when you're 37. <laughs> and you realize, I've now got to discard this stuff. And you'd like someone to stand with you in prayer. We're going to have an opportunity to do that. But first of all, let us use this song to respond to take, take, that, take that position, to talk to God about what, what we're saying, and then we'll have an opportunity for that. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. 
We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk, or Twitter at lifelineuk.com.